Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, join me in the Gospel of Luke tonight, chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. And uh, we're going to take some time to study another one of these life lessons that um, we've been looking over in the past several weeks. And tonight we're going to look at, I think, one that everybody's pretty familiar with, Luke chapter number 10, beginning of verse number 25. And what you find here is a discussion in chapter 10, verse 25, a discussion, a discussion between a lawyer and, and Jesus. And let me, let me just uh, make something clear. Uh, he's not a criminal lawyer or a defense attorney. Uh, this this fellow is a doctor of the law. And so we would say pretty much he's an expert in the law. And the discussion's more, more like a debate. He's really debating Jesus in this passage of Scripture. And look in verse 20, number, number, number 25. It says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood and tempting him. So that kind of tips the hat, right? Saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Notice verse 26, Jesus responds with a question. Don't you love it when you ask a question and somebody responds with a question? You know? And Jesus responds with a question. Here's his question. He says this. He says, what, what's written in the law? How readest thou? Right? So Jesus knew uh, this man kind of, you know, was an expert in the law. And I think he wanted him to understand that he respected the law, you know. And so we ask him the question, uh, how do you read it? What, what's it say in the law? The lawyer responds, verse 27. He answered and said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, with everything you got. And then he said, and thy neighbor as thyself, right? And so Jesus responds in verse 28 and says unto him, thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. So this lawyer, this mm, expert in the law says to Jesus, so what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He's talking about eternal things. And Jesus pushes back and says, well, what's the law say? You're an expert in the law. And the fellow comes back with a pretty good answer. And Jesus says, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Go ahead and do that and you'll, you'll live. But this fellow wouldn't leave it alone, trying to justify himself in verse number 29. Look, look what it says. He said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And who is my neighbor? That's the question. And that, that uh, provokes Jesus to tell this story, this parable, right? And it's the parable, it's been labeled the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Let, let's read it. Jesus answered and said, now this is in response to the question, now keep this in mind, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. This this guy's in bad shape. And by chance, he says in verse 31, there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Did you pick that up? 
And likewise, verse 32, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But, verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, I want you to underline this or take a mental note, he had compassion on him. You see that? A certain Samaritan, he came to where this fellow was, he saw what the other, the other two saw, but this fellow had compassion on him. And here's what he did in verse 34. He went to him. He bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, on the next day, when he departed, he took out two pence. By the way, that would be two, two days' wages. Uh, that, that were, that's, that, that's what that equates to, two pence. Two days' wages. And, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. Now, now here's, here, here, here's the moral of the story, verse 36. Now, he's speaking to, remember now, he's speaking to this attorney. He's speaking to this doctor of the law, right? That's, that's the response. And here's what he says in verse 36. He says, Now, which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? So Jesus, in dialogue, throws this question back to the attorney. And he responds in verse 37. He said, uh, he that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, read it with me, go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. So this parable is an answer to this attorney's or this doctor of the law's question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives this elaborate you know, answer, teaches this parable. It's really, I think it should be called the parable of the neighbor. You know, but they labeled it the parable of the good Samaritan. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed the scope and the, and, 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 and the, and the reach of Scripture? I'm not sure if you've noticed it, but, but the Word of God has touched society. And just looking at this one story, the parable, the parable of the good Samaritan, uh, it's touched society. For example, I know you're aware of this, but in our world we have, we have hospitals that have been named Good Samaritan Hospital. Right? Yeah, they're, they're, free. they're all over the place. Good Samaritan Hospital. I know personally of ministries that are called Good Samaritan Ministries. Have you ever seen any of those? Uh, there's a health care ministry uh, called Samaritan, and everybody shares each other's burdens and medical expenses. Samaritan. And then I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but it really is true. There is such a thing as the Good Samaritan Law. And you know what the Good Samaritan Law does? It challenges us, encourages us, pay attention right here, to get involved. To get involved. And that's where the, that's where the breakdown comes in getting involved. Because let's just be honest, I don't want to get involved. I'm involved enough. I don't want to get involved in somebody else's affairs. You know, you see a situation, you say, oh man, do I want to get involved with this? Isn't it sad that there had to be a law put on the books that would encourage people to get involved when you see someone in need? Now let me backpedal just a little bit and say this, there are some times when we shouldn't get involved, right? There are some situations you don't want to get involved in. I hate finding myself in the middle of someone else's chaos. Did you ever find yourself there? In the middle? I don't like being in the middle. 
In fact, the Bible says when you get into the book of Proverbs, when you get into the middle of a situation, it's almost taking, like taking a dog by the ears. You know what happens? You're going to get bit. Huh? And so you get into the middle of a husband and wife situation. You get into the middle of a, you know, a parent-child uh, situation. And you know you're trying to right the wrong and you give them this counsel. And all of a sudden they make up and you're the outsider. So there are some times, I think, where we shouldn't get involved. However, however, when we see someone in need, when we see someone who needs help, then I think, I think we should get involved. And I believe that's what Jesus is teaching uh, in this parable. Uh, have you ever heard this? This parable has been interpreted mm, with an allegory. You know, typology, symbolism. And what they do is this, they try to take this parable and they say, okay, we can break it down because the, the traveler, the man who got wounded, is a representative of, who he represents man or humankind, right? Going through this world and just getting beat up. Did you ever get beat up? I don't mean physically, but, you know, emotionally, spiritually, uh, just wounded. Uh, the robbers are representative of the devil and sin who leave the man dying in his, own, in, his own, uh, in his own situation. The priest and the Levite refer to the law and its sacrifices, which are helpless, right? They pass by, they do nothing. Uh, the Good Samaritan, on the other hand, is a picture of Jesus who provides the help we need. The wine uh, represents the blood of Christ, the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and then the two, uh, the inn is the church, and the two coins represent baptism and the Lord's Supper. Did you ever hear that before? You never heard that before? I should backtrack and go a little bit slower. I thought that was just common knowledge, you know? And I think this, I think, I think there's probably value in that allegory, right? I think we can teach it as such. Brother Riddell, you, did you ever teach it that way, the Good Samaritan? You know, where the, the fellow is representative of man and, and the priest and the Levite, the law and religion that really doesn't help, can't help? The end being the church? Huh? The wine, the oil. By the way, the wine, wine and oil were, what, that was first aid in that day. That's what they would do. They didn't have some of the medicinal, you know, uh, values that we have today. They would, they would use olive oil. Wine, you know, Paul said to Timothy, use a little wine for thy stomach's sake. Right? It was medicinal, right? And that's why me and Donna have a glass of wine every night with our meal, because we have stomach problems. At least that's what we tell our children. You probably believe that. It's not true. We, we really don't. We really don't. But that allegory is valid, you know, and maybe we can talk about that some other time. But is that what, is that what Jesus was really trying to teach in this parable? That's my question. I think this, I think the key to the parable is found in verse number 36. Uh, look at this text. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? There's a key right there, because I think what Jesus is saying in this text is this. So who is, who is your neighbor, you ask? Let me share with you who your neighbor is. And he goes ahead and he gives this, this teaching on, you know, on, on who a neighbor is. We would say this, if I were to ask you this question, so who is your neighbor? How would you respond? John, how would you respond? Who's your neighbor? The world. Who? The whole world. The whole world. Wow, look at that. Good for you, John. How many would say, yeah, I agree with that. Be careful. I think if we weren't in the setting and we say, who's your neighbor? You'd think about maybe the person who lives next door to you across the street from you in your community. 
or maybe your friend, right? But what Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture is this. Your neighbor, now pay attention right here, your neighbor is a person, someone who is in need that you can help. Did you get that? Let's say it again. Your neighbor is someone who is in need that you can help. Right? Do you see how that works? That's what Jesus is trying to teach us in this text of Scripture. I'm not sure if you knew anything about the dealings with the Jews and the Samaritans, but there was a lot of animosity between the two. You know, in fact, the Samaritans, you know, the race, nationality, the religion, completely different from the Jews. And in this passage of Scripture, it's, it's interesting how in verse 33, he mentions a certain Samaritan. He didn't just say, uh, you know, a fellow came by, a priest of Levi passed by, and then all of a sudden this other guy came by. No, he, he specifically points out that he was a Samaritan. Why is that? Because the Jews and the Samaritans were like enemies. And yet this Samaritan man, being a representative of Jesus, and ultimately a rep- representative of Christianity, He's the fellow that pauses, stops, and does something about what he sees. In fact, in verse number 33, it talks about he saw him and had compassion on him. You see that? He had compassion on him. And I want to I share just a couple, of practical, uh, a couple of practical lessons here, life lessons. What is the life lesson, the parable of the, of the Good Samaritan? The life lesson is compassion. Compassion. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, what's compassion do for you? How, how, would you, how would you define compassion? What are some of the attributes of compassion? Help me here. Great. Nick? A feeling, of, a feeling of care towards others. Say it one more time. A feeling of care towards others. A feeling of care towards others. That's good, huh? Compassion. Right? Build on that. Grace. Add to that. Showing grace. Showing grace. Showing grace. Anything else? All right, so let me ask you this question. Help me here. What, what would be the difference of sympathy and compassion? Sympathy and compassion. Pardon me? He hit it right on the head. Compassion acts. Sympathy feels. Compassion acts. Right? Is it wrong to have sympathy? Not at all. Right? I would hope that we would be sympathetic, but it's better to have compassion. Why? Because compassion does something about it. So when you see something and it it moves you in your heart, you know, that's sympathy. When it moves you to do something about it, that's compassion. You see the difference? And the Bible says in this text about the Samaritan man, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He had compassion on him. Let me talk to you a little bit about about what compassion, uh, some of the practical lessons about compassion. First of all, compassion crosses social and racial barriers. Did you see that? Compassion crosses social and racial barriers. That's evident in this story. Why is that? Because you've got a Samaritan and a Jew who had no dealings with each other. And what the Lord is trying to say to us, because the key to the text is found in verse number 36 and 7, where he says, go and do that likewise. Who then is the neighbor? Well, it's the person who did something. Well, then you go and do likewise. In other words, in order to show compassion, we need to cross all social and racial barriers. So the color of skin shouldn't make much of a difference. Isn't that right? And, and whatever their social status may be, they're homeless. Shouldn't make a difference. Are you with me? 
See, compassion doesn't look at any of that. Compassion looks at the need and says, what can I do to help? How can I get involved? How can I make a difference? Uh, not only that, but compassion takes necessary risk. Hmm. Compassion can get you in trouble. You know? I mean, you're, you're going to jump in, and you got to, you know, there's a risk in trying to help people. Isn't that right? Huh? I'll never forget this. I was with my mother one time. We were at University of Pennsylvania Hospital. My dad was sick with cancer. He was in the hospital. <laughs> my mother and I were, we came out to take a breather. We were sitting just outside in the, I don't know, the courtyard area. And, uh, and, and a fella came by, and we were both kind of overwhelmed. My dad was really, really sick. He was dying of cancer, and our minds were in a different place at that time. And this fella came by, and, and he was just, you know, he was a beggar, and, and I, I just wasn't feeling, I just wasn't feeling it. Did you ever, did you ever, did you ever get, you know? And I, and I think this, I think, I, think I, I reached in my wallet, I took out a couple of bucks, you know, and, and my mother gave me a gospel tract, and I gave it to him. You know what he said to me? He said, you got a five? We <laughs> got a five? Man, yeah, I got a five. Give me a knuckle sandwich, you know? And I mean to tell you, I wasn't feeling compassionate to begin with, but that just pushed me over the edge, you know? And I wanted to take back the deuce that I gave him with the gospel track, you know? I didn't, but I, I let him have it, you know? But, but the thing is this, when, you, when you're going to step up, you're going to cross the racial, the social racial barriers and take a risk because sometimes it's risky to help people. Not only that, but I think this, compassion makes necessary sacrifices, makes necessary sacrifices. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of energy, it takes a little time, it might take a little finance, it might take a little bit of self in order to show compassion. Isn't that right? When you look at this story, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but this fellow, he, he went the extra mile, didn't he? Oh, he took a risk. What's the risk? Well, the risk is this. Man, this, this, you know, he's a Samaritan. This, this fellow's a Jew. That's a risk, you know? It's kind of like when Moses went out and, remember, he killed a couple of Egyptians, and he took a risk, right? And then, and then there was a sacrifice because he went to town and he paid for this man's stay in the inn. And then he said, I'll come back and pay even more if necessary, so if you and I are going to have compassion, we're going to have to do something about it. It's stepping up. It's being moved in our hearts to do something about what we see. And I think that's what the Lord is teaching us here in this text of Scripture. In, in essence, it's a challenge to step up. Look at verse 37 again. He says this, go and do thou likewise. That's a challenge for you and I to step up and get involved and make a difference in the world in which we live. Correct? However... Before we leave this story, I want to read between the lines. Did you ever read between the lines? Huh? Did you ever read between the lines and all of a sudden you say, wow, I don't know, something interesting? I remember saying this about parables. A parable is kind of like an onion, and the more you peel back the layer, the more truth you discover. Right? And, 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 and the Bible is layer upon layer of truth, and then layer upon layer of application. And so when I read through this passage of Scripture, I find some practical truth that helps me, and I want to see if it can help you tonight. Look at verse number 30 with me again. And Jesus says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, and before you know it, he's left half dead. He's left half dead. And I want to highlight something here. You know, sometimes life wounds us. Have you noted that? You know, life can be hard. Isn't that true? 
And, and I mean to tell you, there are some times that, you know, kind of like the man in the story falls upon hard times, you know, there are some times when we fall upon hard times. And life has the power to wound us, and if we're not careful, sometimes it can wound us deeply. And as Christians, there's, there's, no, there's no exemption from that. And we need to understand that, correct? You know, uh, I, I've, never, I've never seen more. I, 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 I'm a, I like to read. I read a lot. And I like reading devotional books and devotionals and, and things of that nature. And, 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 and lately, within the last couple of months, uh, my wife will tell you, you know, I've, I've just been reading a lot more. And I can't believe how many books are written on, on healing. And I don't mean, you know, the gift of healing. I mean just people going through it. Books on anxiety and depression and emotional stresses. Have you ever watched the TV in the evening and start to see the commercials coming on? Have you ever noticed how many mental health commercials there are? Have you taken notice of that? Are you with me tonight, church? You, yeah. here? Have you ever taken notice of that? Huh? I, I've never seen so many. In fact, daytime, all the commercials are for senior citizens, Right? <laughs> You got all, all prescription drugs and life insurance, <laughs> right? But in the evening, I don't know what it is, but we've been noticing this. It's just all these mental health. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because the world in which we live is just dangerous. And I think since COVID, COVID has just kind of brought all kinds of things out and revealed the weaknesses of humanity. And we have more wounded people than ever before, Right? And a lot of those people are Christians. And there's there times before when, man, we were, we were ashamed to admit that we were having struggles. Right? We're just ashamed to admit that our marriages are having some, some struggles. Ashamed to admit that we're having some emotional struggles. Why? Well, because we're Christians. We shouldn't have struggles like that, right? Wrong. I mean, we're humans like everybody else, and we go through it like everybody else goes through it. And life has the tendency sometimes to wound us. Sometimes to wound us. But I want you to see something else in this text, rather practical. Verse number 31 and 32, we read about a priest and the Levite. And, and, and neither one of those guys stopped to help. And I thought about this. Some people disappoint us. Some people disappoint us. You ever been disappointed? <laughs> Stick around a few more days. You will. In this text, now pay attention here, the very people who should have helped didn't. The priest and the Levite, both, both acquainted, you know, with the Scriptures, with the Word of God, with religion. And religions all should all be about helping others. But the priest and the Levite passed right by the needy man. They could have helped. They should have helped but they didn't help, right? And there's times in life when people are they're just going to disappoint us, and the very people who we expect to help at times are the people that let us down. Have you ever noticed that? Huh? People have the tendency of letting us down. And I'm sure of this, I'm sure I've let people down, and I'd hope you're mature enough to admit that you've let people down. We've all been let down by somebody. That's just the nature of the beast, Right? And at times, at times this adds insult to injury. You know, people can and will disappoint us. 
But verse 33 is the key to this whole story, verses 33 to 35, because he talks about this certain Samaritan as he journeyed, came to where he was. And I think this, I like, I like to say this, sometimes we need to be like Jesus. Sometimes we just need to be like Jesus. The Samaritan in this story serves a dual purpose. First, he represents the Lord and the help he gives us, right? And that's a great picture, how the Lord just comes to where we are, you know, he pours in the wine, the blood of Christ, and the oil, the Holy Spirit, and he gives us the help that we need. But secondly, he represents us and the help that we ought to lend to others. And so sometimes we need to be like Jesus. Are you with me? The Samaritan comes to the man. He sees the man, determines to help the man. And he does exactly what, you know, needs to be done. And I think the challenge is for you and I to be like that Samaritan man and lend first aid whenever we can. Be there to assist and lend some help to those who are struggling, desperate people in the world in which we live. And you know, sometimes we're the wounded, Right? And I think the teaching is this. If you're feeling wounded, you have inside of you what you need to heal. But then sometimes, sometimes we need to be the person lending the compassion and, and going out and helping others. In the world in which we live, people aren't, it's not hard to find people that are hurting. We live in a hurting world. Isn't that right? And we need to go from hurting to healed and then to being a healer, helping others to heal. I think the church needs to be a place, kind of like a hospital where people can come and heal, where they can find, you know, comfort and care, right? I read this the other day about atmosphere, atmosphere that needs to be cultivated. Someone said this, someone wrote this, if a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If he lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If he lives with fear, he learns to be apprehensive. If he lives with pity, he learns to feel sorry for himself. If he lives with jealousy, he learns to feel guilty. If he lives with encouragement, he learns to be confident. If he lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If he lives with praise, he learns to be appreciative. If he lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If he, if he lives with recognition, he learns to have a goal. If he lives with fairness, he learns to be just. If he lives with honesty, he learns to be truthful. If he lives, lives with sincerity, he learns to be real. And if he lives with kindness, he learns to love. Atmosphere. Cultivating atmosphere. Right? And I think what the Lord is trying to do is cultivate our hearts to be warm and caring. And as it says in that text of Scripture, you know, to just consider who your neighbor might be. Compassion. Powerful tool, isn't it? I like what it says in Jude 22. It says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Life lesson. That's a life lesson. Having compassion. You know, allowing what you see to move your heart in such a way that you want to do something about it. Amen? And so the question is, who is, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? It's that person who has a need that I can help. And the Lord says then to me, go and do likewise. Do what you're supposed to do and help meet that need. Amen? And I think we can make a great difference in our society if we do that very thing. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons 
by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.